this is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Balak, Going Your Own Way. God is not pleased with the prophet Bilam. When Bilam plans to curse the Jewish people at the behest of Moab and Midian, God states unequivocally that he will not allow it. Vayomer Elohim el Bilam, lo teilech imahem, lo ta'am ki varuchu. God said to Bilam, do not go with them. Do not curse the people, for it is inherently blessed. But Balak, the king of Moab, isn't pleased with this answer. He exerts more pressure on Bilam and tempts him with the possibility of receiving even more wealth and honor. So Bilam goes back to God and asks again. This time, Bilam receives a different reply. Vayavo Elohim el Bilam Laila vayomer lo. God came to Bilam at night and said to him, If these people have come to summon you, get up and go with them. But you may only do what I tell you to. Why does God change his response here? If God does not want Bilam to curse the people, then why does he not repeat his earlier response of a clear no? And if God is willing to let Bilam try his hand at achieving his aim, then why does God later try to stop Bilam on the way by sending an angel to block his path? It is evident to the reader, and even to Bilam, that God does not really want him to go. So why doesn't God just forbid the journey entirely in response to Bilam's second request? God is trying to teach Bilam a lesson. And through Bilam's lesson, the Torah is trying to educate us. In our parasha, God gives Bilam the latitude to learn for himself. By paying attention to God's process here, we can come to understand the true value of giving others and ourselves the space to make mistakes, and the way in which the freedom to make and experience our own errors encourages us to be better than we would have been if we had never been allowed to stray. Rashi also wants to know why God and the angel he sends seem to be sending mixed messages about Bilam's journey. He explains that while God is clear about not wanting Bilam to go, Bilam himself is quite clear that he does want to go. So Rashi explains that God is not at all ambivalent or dissembling. Rather, God is choosing to accommodate Bilam's will and desire. Rashi quotes the Talmud's explanation of God's decision. Amar Rabba bar Rav Huna, Amar Rav Huna, ve'amrila Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rabbi Elazar. Min ha-Torah u'min ha-Nevi'im u'min ha-Ketuvim, ba-derech she'adam rotza le'leich, bah molichin oto. Min ha-Torah dichtiv, lo te'leich imahem. Uchtiv, kum le'chitam. Ha-Nevi'im dichtiv, ani Adonai Elohecha, melamedcha lehoil madrichacha ba-derech te'leich. Rabbi Barav Huna said that Rav Huna said, or maybe Rav Huna said in the name of Rabbi Elazar, it is testified to in the Torah, the prophets, and the writings that a person is walked down the path that they want to walk. In the Torah it is written, do not go with them. And then it is written, get up and go with them. In the prophets it is written, I am God who teaches you well, guides you in the path that you should walk. 
and in the writings it is written, though God mocks the scoffers, he acts graciously to the humble. According to the Talmud, Bilaam is being told that he may go only because God already knows that this is where he wants to go and is guiding Bilaam down his chosen path. However, there are two ways to understand what it means to say that a person has walked down the path that they want to walk. If we read this adage through the lens of the verse in Mishlei, it seems that this verse is essentially punitive. God is mocking the scoffers and washing his hands, as it were, of their behavior. This statement is essentially sarcastic. If that's where you want to go, fine, see if I care. In fact, I'll help you get there. However, when we read this adage through the verse in Yeshayahu, the goal seems to be pedagogical. God wants to walk the person down their own path as an expression of God's commitment to being the God who teaches you well. Yet, how does God's choice to invite Bilam to go with Balak's retinue have educational value to Bilam? Why is this more educational than simply refusing to let him go? One theme that repeats itself throughout the story is that Bilaam does not really have any ability to curse the descendants of Avraham. God promised Avraham, I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you I will curse, and all of the clans of the earth will be blessed through you. In a reflection of this promise, God tells Bilam at the outset that he will not succeed in cursing the people. Lo ta'or ta'am ki varuchu. You will not curse the people because they are blessed. Bilam is doomed to fail at the outset. He has been hired to harm Avraham's children, but he cannot succeed. In light of this information, we see that God is faced with two options. To let Bilam go or to prevent him from going. But there is no risk, either way, to letting Bilaam try his hand at cursing B'nai Israel. God is protecting them. So there is no loss to letting Bilaam go. And if God does choose to let Bilaam make his attempt, then God creates the ability to teach Bilaam a critical lesson. God isn't setting Bilaam up to sin. God is setting Bilaam up to learn. One of the Jewish tradition's most insightful and loving educators is Rabbi Kalanimus Kamen Shapiro, the Piazetzna Rebbe, author of the Chovat HaTamidim. Chovat HaTamidim is a book that is written for middle school age students who are just beginning to understand what it means to be a student of the Torah. But its introduction is designed for parents and educators, instructing them in how to understand their children and students and training them in how to teach both strategically and effectively. He characterizes the attitude of the youth of his time and shows those who need to raise these young children in how to respond appropriately. Hine ad bimasha yodea bechol av vechol mulamed shebnehem vetamidehem hakatanim hasher lifnehem lo yisharu bekatnutam rak yigadlu. Bilam 
לכן רק לחנך אותם לנערים טובים מטרתם. ותורה ויראה רק בערך ילדותם רצונם להכניס אל קרבם. ודי להם. אבל מלמד ואב כזה חוטאו נגד אדוני ועמו. צריך המלמד והאב לדעת שאת בני אדוני וגדולי ישראל עליהם לחנך ולגלות. ואת הנערים אשר לפניהם יראו לנשמות גדולות אשר עודן באיבן. ועליהם להצמיחן ולהפריחן. כגנן הוא בגן השם, לעובדה ולשומרה. ואף אם יראה בהם נערים אשר לפי הכרתו מראי נפש הם ומידות רעות להם, ידע שזה טבע של גרעיני הנשמות ובוסר המלאכים. מרים הם בחניתתם ומלאים עסיס בגדלותם. אין מידה וטבע רע בהחלט בילד ישראל. הורונו קדושי ישראל, הבעל שם טוב ותלמידיו אחריו, זכר צדיק לברכה, רק שצריכים לדעת איך לשמש בהם ולגדלם. למשל, אם יש לפניו תלמיד במידת עקשנות, שהיא רעה, וסובל המלמד ממנו הרבה, יתבונן. והיה כאשר יגדל ויקבל עול תורה ועבודת השם, כמה תהיה כל עבודתו בעקשנות ובמסירות נפש. לא קל ולא הפכפך יהיה. Every parent and teacher knows that their children and young students who sit before them won't remain young forever. They will grow up and become adults, and they might also grow to be great in Torah and divine service. Nevertheless, there are those whose aim is only what is in front of them. And since they have children before them, they only aim to train them to be good children. They only want to inculcate Torah and fear of God in them in a childish way. thinking that this is enough. But a teacher or parent like this sins against God and his people. The parent or teacher needs to know that it is incumbent upon them to train and develop the children of God and the future great ones of Israel. They should look at the children in front of them as great souls which are just beginning to blossom. And it is up to them to make sure that they flower and grow. The educator is like a gardener in the garden of God, who is obligated to work and keep it. So even if he sees among his students children who seem to be embittered and have poor character traits, the educator has to know that this is the nature of the seeds of great souls and unripe angels. They are bitter in their first flowering and full of sweet juice in their maturity. The Baal Shem Tov and his students have taught that no Jewish child has a definitively bitter or evil character. One merely has to know how to tend and grow them. For example, you might have a student before you who is very stubborn, which is a bad quality, and the educator really suffers on account of this student. The educator should focus on the fact that when this child grows and accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah and divine service, how steadfast he will be in his service of God, how much he will give of himself. He won't treat it lightly and won't waver at all. The Chovara Talmidim understands and empathizes with the teachers of so-called, quote-unquote, bad kids, those who are resistant and disobedient, but he disagrees with the way that these teachers approach them. He urges the educators not to look at who the child is now, but at what kind of adult that child could be. 
to abandon the one-size-fits-all approach of trying to cultivate sweet, quiet, and obedient children in favor of recognizing how a strong, willful personality, which is difficult to manage and often inappropriate in a child, can be channeled. As an adult, it can be important to be headstrong, to be willful, and even to be disobedient. The Chovara Tamidim recognizes the value of allowing and encouraging these students to be themselves, even if they are not currently their best selves. What he understands is that the inclination of the teacher to put an immediate stop to the bad behavior and to mold all of the children with the same model needs to be curbed. The risk of allowing a poor character trait is actually very low because character and personality are not something that a teacher teaches and are not something that a teacher can successfully uproot. So the educator is left with two choices, to accommodate difference or to futilely resist it. If the teacher allows the students to express themselves, then they can teach the children how to channel their personalities appropriately and capitalize on their strengths. But if a teacher resists their students' natures, then they will lose any ability to have an effect, as the student will likely resist the teacher and reject all of their guidance. The Chovara Tamidim asks these parents and educators to educate their children with the recognition that the children are baderech, on the way. On the one hand, children are malleable. They are still on the way to becoming who they are. They are not finished products, they are only seeds. But on the other hand, the children do have definite tendencies. You can't plant an apple seed and harvest an etrog. The teacher needs to cultivate the garden using this expertise. According to the Talmud, God is treating Bilam according to the dictum, ba A person has walked down the path that they want to walk. However, this policy can be understood in light of the famous proverb, Chanoch lenar al pidarko, gam kiyazkin lo yasor mimena. Educate a child according to his path, and even when he ages, he will not err from it. And we see the fruits of God's educational strategy as we proceed through the Parsha. At first, Bilam is resistant to God's refusal to let him go, and he is susceptible to the pressure of the king, his servants, and his gifts. Then Bilam goes to curse the people. When he opens his mouth, he finds that he is a puppet, only speaking the words of blessing that God has placed in his mouth. However, at the end of the story, Bilam decides to bless the people of his own accord. Bilam saw that it pleased God to bless Israel, so he did not go, as at other times, to look for omens, but set his face towards the wilderness. And he uttered his oracle, saying, The oracle of Bilam, son of Baor, the oracle of the man whose eye is clear. How fine are your tents, Yaakov, your encampments, Israel. This educational principle is relevant not only to parents and children, educators and students, God and his prophets. It is also relevant to each and every one of us. As adults, we are obligated to train and develop ourselves 
into the great souls that we can become. And the lesson here is that as we try to improve ourselves, we need to recognize what our innate traits are. We should be cultivating and directing ourselves rather than trying to fit an abstract model of what goodness looks like. We should be educating ourselves to capitalize not only on our strengths, but also on our weaknesses, channeling them in a way that serves the greater good. Wishing you a Shabbat of individualized strength. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.